This is Excess Manchester and this is the Football Social Podcast. It's been a good one today. Uh, we've had Nat on, we've had Peter and we've had Sam Lee as well. It's been a good discussion previewing the weekend, the bank holiday weekend, that Manchester City could become Premier League champions. It's all happening. We're going to be talking about United's search for a director of football and the surprise name. I mean, we were all shocked by it when it first came out that he was linked to the job, uh, who is linked to the director of football job. That's all on the way. We're talking transfer targets as well and all the usual stuff uh, so you've got me and a, a very nervous City fan in Natalie as well <laughs> yeah, she says she's not she's shaking in her boots right the podcast is on the way enjoy Manchester Football Social okay let's do this thing this is Excess Manchester this is the Football Social Friday Club 0345 777625 that is the number if you want to give us a call tonight and get whatever it is you might have on your chest off it joining me in the studio tonight huge blue and city square presenter nat is here natalie you good evening love evening uh pete hall's here as well sports journalist pete you okay mate yeah very well yourself yeah i'm good man representing the uh, red half of manchester tonight and uh, representing the blues as well is sam lee mcfc's goal correspondent how are you doing sam not bad not bad and, back uh, again yeah 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 this is it then <laughs> in it forget the avengers this is the real end game. Man City can wrap up the Premier League title. I was about to say this weekend, this bank holiday weekend. Uh, it will take a huge favour from Newcastle tomorrow, but it is very much possible. Nat, how are the nerves? I'm all right, you know, I'm all right. Um, I think I'm, I don't know if it's like, you know, like protecting myself by not getting too excited. I think I'm just a bit like, just stay calm, just breathe. There's still two games to go. Like if it happens, you'll have all summer to glow. Just, yeah. just breathe, just chill. So I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Does that sound believable? No, it didn't. <laughs> Do you think you're the only one then, or is everyone else? No, I, do you know what I think? I think all City fans are calm and chilled about really? this. I think we're all looking at Liverpool, who are like wacky. Like I think we can all agree in this studio that the Liverpool fans are totally wacky, and like you know the way that they have they it's behaved. One way of you know, it, I think. yeah, yeah, it's a nice way of putting it. The nicest thank possible you. way of putting thank it. You, thank you. But you know, when you think about them five years ago, and they were they had the t-shirts, and they were like getting carried away, and they thought that they'd won it. Um, we've been in you know pole position now for a while, and I don't think at any point we've we've all got silly and, wa- no. and you me wacky word again. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what do you think, Sam, on the city fans that you speak to? Tense, just stressed out, really? big time. That that I think it's like it's kind of transmitting to me. This is why I can't <laughs> wait for the season to be over. I've, I think I said last week, just need the season to finish and just have a big sigh, just a big big outward breath yeah, and yeah. I just think it's yeah it's just I think the, the tension and the, the nerves of you know the City fans I'll speak to and you know the timeline on Twitter it's just the same thing and it's been that same relentless pressure where City can't afford any slip ups and it's been mm-hmm. like that for two and a half months yeah. it's just so tense now I think everyone's going to feel completely different when the season finishes. It's, I think it's going to feel like a weight has lifted. Oh, not, massively. Not just for City fans either, is it? Mm. Is it, Pete? It's for United fans as well, I think, a little bit, because <sighs> we, 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 we wish we didn't have to, but we have been keeping half an eye, uh, one eye on the uh, trans, on the title race this season. Such a weird thing for United fans this season in, in the fact that the best case scenario is City to win the league. I mean, that's that is just a horrible thing to say. I, feel, I mean, I feel a bit sick actually saying it, 
But that we just we don't want Liverpool to win the league, and the only team that is capable of stopping them, because we're certainly not capable of stopping them, is City. And City are just in that groove now. And I, if, if I was if I was a City fan, I wouldn't be overly worried just because you've got Leicester at home. If if Leicester was away, I think that'd be a different issue. But Leicester at home, they're just in that groove, and they and they just look relentless again. And and even though Liverpool are equally so. And it'd be magnificent to sit, get, see them get 97 points and finish second. Yeah, that'd be absolutely and the, uh, magnificent. The only thing that stops them getting 100 points and winning the league is the fact that we beat them. Yeah, yeah, that'll yeah. Be so one sweet. Defeat, one yep. defeat and yep. they'll finish second. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, like, last last weekend when we had um, Adam in, who's a, who's a massive City fan, he was extremely nervous last weekend, last Friday. And I think that that Burnley result was so so important to City, wasn't it? Because that one, that was one where even City, even the most ardent, you know, Pep supporter City fan thinks the best team in world football would say Burnley away. You never know what could happen. So massive result, wasn't it? I think I think whoever we play at this point, that's how everybody feels, and and also that's how I feel when I'm looking at the Liverpool fixtures. I'm like, oh maybe, like yeah. oh they, could, I think you could be playing anyone. I mean, they played Cardiff, and I was like, oh maybe Cardiff could do something here. So I don't think it matters who we play at this point. It, of the season, um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess maybe I am trying to fake it a little bit because there certainly has been a, you know a huge amount of nerves watching that Burnley game. You know, behind me hands, you know, peeking peeking through my fingers for most of the game. Um, but yeah, anybody anybody at the minute would be nervous. Oh three four five triple one seven six two five. If you do want to get in touch with us here on the XS Manchester Football Social Friday Club, uh, Sam Pepper said that he doesn't know if De Bruyne or Fernandinho will play again this season. Never mm. mind on Monday. Uh, at this stage, they really could be the margins, couldn't they, between first and second players like that being out the last two games. De Bruyne more so, mm. and I'm basically I'm thinking. Well, look, they, first of all, they've got this far without De Bruyne, and that's mm. an incredible achievement in itself. Uh, Fernandinho has basically been in and out since the Carabao Cup final and that feels like ages ago mm-hmm. so I mean I don't think they're going to be the margins that decide it I think City will beat Leicester you know last home game mm. City know what they got to do they'll fly out the traps and all that and look, Leicester might score a couple of goals but I think City will score more and then it comes down to Brighton and look Brighton can defend well I don't think they're a particularly well, they're not an interesting side, they're not an entertaining side they can defend well they can do a job mm. and that's where you'd want someone like De Bruyne to do what he did at Palace a few weeks ago. So may, maybe they'd need him there, but I I think City have got enough. I really do. And again, like I say, they're going into the Monday night's game knowing what their job is. If they win that yeah, and they go yeah. to go to Brighton, the team pretty much picks itself. They know what they've got to do and you, you would back them to, to get the goals. My, my ideal scenario for the weekend is, and this is slightly <laughs> sinister on myself and everybody else, is I'd like Liverpool to draw tomorrow and then I want City to win on Monday. So then we'll be obviously three points ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, so it's pretty much done. Pretty, pretty much, much but done. But it still goes down to the but, last day. Yeah, yeah, it still goes to the last day. Still give them a bit of hope and we can still have like the mad celebrations on, on the last day. You know, yeah, not it'd that be like watching I'll Game do. of Thrones if you'd read what had happened beforehand. If you'd have gone on Twitter. Yeah, I know exactly what what you mean as well so the situation for City in, in case you need reminding uh, <laughs> if Liverpool were to get a draw and City to win then that's essentially the title done but not officially not mathematically because there'd only be a three point <laughs> gap but the goal difference is so huge that it would pretty much be done um, if Liverpool lose then that's it for City City on Monday could potentially win the Premier League uh, if they win that game so. oh my stomach just jumped when you said that <laughs> 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 I, I feel like that people aren't talking about it enough no. and I think it's because 
because it's people not going to happen. Quiet. It's Rafa, isn't it? He's Rafa. He still classes himself as a scouser. Do you he's think? He's a scouser. And, uh, yeah, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's very much... In, he, will, he will be there and he'll be telling his team, we've done our job this season. Just, just Do you think? Oh, just no, I'm not having it. Take I it down think... a gear. No, I don't know. No, I'm not having it. Have you heard the sort of like, like the weird one of how it, like, you know, like when if you, you win the league with the most points and if you have the same points, it's goal difference. Mm. You've got the same goal difference and it's goal, score, goal mm, scored and then it goes to goals conceded. Do you know if all of those ended up the same, City would have to play Liverpool in a playoff? Playoff. playoff. Yeah. We were That's talking mad, about this right? earlier. And that would be worse than them two playing in the Champions League final. It will be like for my yeah, point. Yeah, of, yeah. I didn't want that to happen in the Champions League yeah, final yeah, because yeah. it just, you well, yeah, for United fans as well. But just in terms of you know the tension and all the just the Twitter horribleness yeah, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. A, but a playoff for the league, yeah. I think that'd be worse as a United yeah. because there's so much riding on it. You know, yeah. and Liverpool, Liverpool want to win the league more than they were not in the Champions League as well, which always helped. Yeah, and also that's not going to happen, is it? Like, no, Liverpool no, would need yeah. to make up the four or five goals scored, but yeah. still yeah. drop points. It's no. it's quite unlikely. Yeah, but thank God. Yeah, it, yeah, right. I mean, to be fair, it would be a, it would be a great game to watch because oh, just yeah. imagine the build-up. For the neutral, Where would they yeah. play it? Where would they play it? Yeah. Neutral Villa, venue. Villa Park. A, le- oh, a home and away leg? Yeah. Maybe Old Trafford. Yeah, Villa Park would be good. Oh, oh, yeah. it, it makes sense. It makes Wouldn't sense. It? It now would we're sense. talking. It's, close for everyone. <laughs> it's in the middle. It's yeah, neutral. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite in the middle, but yeah, it's close. <laughs> when someone brought up the potential of a Premier League playoff, I got really excited because deep down it's one of my dreams to see that yeah. just at one point a yeah. Premier League playoff. But the idea of Liverpool and <laughs> City. Two biggest one. rivals at in Old Trafford. Stadium. <laughs> yeah, no, let's move on swiftly, please. Um, so over the course of this season, I don't want to compare you know too much to 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 last season city team because they were unbelievable last season one of not the but one of the (laughs) best premier league sides ever i'd say over the course of this season though do you think city have progressed even further that's what i want to ask because i know that it's impossible now to match the points tally but of course this year there's been a lot more competition i mean last year second place was uh was united (laughs) way off um what do you think sam uh well i think I think they have progressed, but it's basically the same. Like mm. the only difference, the only reason to still going is because Liverpool are there as well. Mm. Um, so in that sense, it's the same performances. You know, they won't, if City win their last two games, they're only going to be two points worse off than last season, and that is without De Bruyne. They've had a load of things going on behind the scenes. So obviously, last season was the Amazon documentary, wasn't it? And mm. it looked like it was just a fairy tale. Everything was perfect. Everything, you know, all the signings they just clicked. Edison came in; he was great. Bernardo came in and he was great. Everything has worked. This season, there's been... like I, I've gone back and looked at it because I think when I write an article at the end of the season, it's going to be focused on the fact that they've done all of this and, you know, they could win three domestic trophies, which is still incredible. I say still incredible because mm. you know, they didn't win the Champions League. Yeah. It almost feels like it's they've somehow let themselves down. Obviously, <laughs> they haven't. But there's just been... You know, De Bruyne got injured after the first game of the season. Sane had these kind of personal problems going on. Mendy had problems on basically three or four separate months. It got into December, Fernandinho was injured, De Bruyne was injured again. I think David Silva was out for a bit. That's when they lost three games. Mahrez started complaining about lack of playing time. January, he was dropped. De Bruyne came back but got injured again for that Liverpool game. And then obviously the Carabao Cup final, like I said earlier, Laporte and Fernandinho got injured. And every month they've had one of these big problems on the pitch or off the pitch. 
and they've won every game despite that. It's mm. and you don't it's hear incredible. us whinging about it either, do you? Like, no? like I d- you don't hear like, oh, we've we've been unlucky, we've had some more. We're just like, right, yeah, and we get on with it, and you know, we've got players that come in, and we've got world class players to replace world class players. But that's the thing is that City have got a squad. You look at City's bench sometimes, and you think that bench would actually beat most Premier League teams on its own. <laughs> it's that good. And there's players that are getting that are on Saturn City's bench that are getting every other Premier League team. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. That's why it would never really affect City is because, all right, if De Bruyne gets injured, Bernardo Silva can step in. It's the, the, the depth of the squad is just... Is, and it, and it, it, but not by spending ridiculous amounts of money on, and breaking £80 million, £90 million players as well. It's just been, over time, it's been developed into a fantastic squad. Which I, think, I don't like saying, but I yeah. think oh, when when the money's spent as well, I think it's just spent in the right areas. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, a lot of United fans allude to you know, a couple of years ago when City went out and spent what was it fifty million on fullbacks, and 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 that was yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah, what about Mar- what about Mares? I mean, that was well. Yeah. That was the thing. Like City only signed one player last summer in the end, and it was Mares, and he has contributed because I think he's got in all competitions at least ten goals and at least ten assists, mm-hmm. so he's not done nothing. But I mean, basically, in the last few months not contributed an awful lot. No. And if... And people say they didn't need to sign him and you think, well, you're only saying actually he's not playing well. Mm. Imagine you had spent £60 million on a winger and yeah. he came in and he'd got mm. 20 goals, 15 assists, kind of Sterling-like numbers. Mm. It would have been... Well, they may not have lost those games over Christmas because it's mad to think they've lost those four yeah, games and they're, yeah. they're still where they are. And, but I do think... They're a more complete team. I think they've got more answers. It was nervous at the end of the Burnley game the other day and I thought it was a bit odd that... They stopped, they'd stopped attacking, basically, after Jesus had that one cleared off the line. They were like, we're just going to shut this down. Mm. But it was nervous because, obviously, they were inviting the long ball at the end. But they didn't concede a shot on I goal or even a like, corner. I They're just so solid. I you know. Like, really? I, yeah, I kind of liked <laughs> it. We were, I, I was like, OK, we're shutting up shop here and we're defending. Like, yeah. Well, they can do that we now. Can, yeah, we, yeah, can, yeah. we can do this, yeah. yeah. Four centre halves on the pitch. At the end. That was brilliant, yeah, right? Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. No, and I did. I kind of, I kind of liked it. It was a bit old school, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, that's we've it. Got, it was we've old got, school. we've got the result now. It's, it's, it's very. We know what pep. we need. Yeah, if yeah. That, but yes. if that would be closer than it, sh- it should have been. But, yeah. yeah, but fair enough. But, but it wasn't. It was always. It always yeah, looked. Yeah. I mean, from the outside. Yeah, take the emotion out of it. It always looked comfortable. And and City is so good defensively now that it just like if Berlin was still there until now, they wouldn't have scored. They might have had a shot on target but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have scored. Yeah, I do think we, you know, last season there was points, I think, if you compared our best performance from last season with our best performance from this season, you'd it would probably be last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. considering if we win the league, you're talking about a two-point difference, yeah. um, an FA Cup final as well, same place in the Champions League. So, you know, I think, I think very, very similar, really. I just, I just think, I just, like, the, in terms of, like, exhilarating attacking football, last season was better. But this season they've become so good at the back that they can de- the city can depend on that now, and they don't yeah. have to they don't have to go out and blow teams away and score four, five, six, seven goals. Even though they have scored under ninety goals, whatever. They have. What a brilliant conversation to be having, by the way. Which of our good teams yeah. was better? Yeah. <laughs> it's not well. It depends yeah. what point of view you're talking from. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm you sure, look like you are, mate. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure we're going to get onto United. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. We are going to be talking about Manchester United after Great. the break. Before we get onto United uh, topics, though, can we? briefly touch on potential City transfers because there has been rumours coming out today regarding Bruno Fernandes Portuguese attacking midfielder he's been heavily linked with a move weirdly yesterday it was to United and now today it's City is he the type of man who'd be the right sort of signing Sam what do you know about him? 
I know about as much about him as I do about the actual chances of him coming to City. Okay. <laughs> and unfortunately, for both those things, it's very little at the minute. I can't work... I, look, he's got numbers, hasn't he? You yeah. know, the goals and assists are there. Um, he seems to be really highly rated. Um, he's young. David Silva's winding down. Uh, Fernandinho, I know he doesn't play the same role, but he's eventually winding down. And if that means they could keep Gundogan and have Bruno Fernandes, then, I mean, it, it seems to make it's sense. It's keeping Gundogan, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think Guardiola, I think he might want or need to refresh the squad as well because you know you were saying before Pete about you know they've got just these players that can come in and everything's just so stable and you know they've got a deep squad without spending a load of, load of money the problem with that is Gundogan is thinking I want to play more yeah. Otamendi's thinking I want to play more Danilo's thinking I want to play more mm. Jesus maybe even could be a casualty if City get her forward mm. which is not not mm. a given but Jesus could go mm. so they need to have a bit of a refresh there. And obviously, sure. they're then going to need these players to hit the ground running like they did two years ago when they bought the five players, Bernardo, Gundogan, yeah. that kind of thing. Not Gundogan, uh, Walker, Edison, that kind yeah. of thing. So with Fernandez, it seems like it makes sense. But honestly, I, I, I think today, somebody just sent me a message now. There's been contradictory reports about every single aspect. There was something like Hugo Viana, who's the sporting director. There was reports he was here. Formerly Newcastle. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But there was other reports saying he's not in England. If there's any meeting at all, it'll be yeah. in Lisbon. And then there was something about Mendes is involved and there was another one saying he's not involved. Yeah. For my part, a couple of people I know who are kind of like mid-tier sources have said, oh yeah, I've heard this could be going on. But like my like elite-tier people who I... If they told me it's happening, I'd write it. And they say they don't know what's going on. You can tell we're approaching silly season. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's mad. It's it's annoying not to have a handle on it. After this, I'm just going to have a weekend off because I know I'm not going to get anything <laughs> on it now. I don't think... If they don't know what they're not going to say, they're not going to change their mind over the weekend. This is a right random question on this. But Sam, how do you end up getting an elite tier contact? Are you like building these relationships for years to have that trust that. level in them? Know. Yeah, like, what are how you long doing? Have we got? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's... They know Guardiola, so it's kind of... In his first season when things weren't going well, if you were asking the right questions and being a bit more open-minded rather than going, oh, you can't do it in England, you generally had a bit of a friend. And I can speak Spanish quite well, so those sources, so that helped as well. And it was just generally you'd get bits of information. There you go, there easy that. as that, just learn Spanish. Oh, darn. Probably, <laughs> probably giving too much away there, but there we go. Yeah. 0345 if you want to give us a call. All the MUSC chatter on the way. We're going to be talking David De Gea's recent form, whether he should be dropped or even worse, and Manchester United's search for a director of football. Killed. That's all. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> not killed. I was going with sold. Oh, okay. oh sold. All right. it, it, it's, it's not the way. After what is literally going to be the shortest ad break you've ever heard. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. CXS Manchester Football Social told you it was short, didn't I? Uh, coming up to 20 past 7, 0345 777625 if you've got something to get off your chest regarding Manchester United, Manchester City or Manchester football in general. I imagine there's a few uh, Bolton fans with quite a lot to say today, so feel free to get in touch uh, with the show. Right, let's talk the red side of Manchester now. Let's talk David De Gea. A catalogue of errors recently surrounding lots of calls from fans for him to be dropped do you reckon that's the best thing for him to do now, Pete? Or does the manager need to show a little bit of faith here, maybe put his arm around him? Well, there's that issue of taking out the firing line, but Romero's injured, so we, we can't. No, we no, can't no, 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 Romero's injured, injured. Yeah, in yeah, inverted yeah, yeah, commas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, maybe I believe too many things that I hear. But um, three errors 
leading to goals in his last four games, more than he had in his last 123. That is absolutely incredible. Like De Gea has taken, for me anyway, for uh, from a United point of view, has taken goalkeeping to the next to the next level. Yeah. In terms of what we've seen at Old Trafford, Schmeichel was that that intimidating sort of like sight that you couldn't get past. But De Gea's the, got the modern day. He's not as good as his feet as with Edison or Allison, for example. But in terms of how he saves and how he does it, like he doesn't have the natural build that Schmeichel had. It's just been amazing, and it's been quite sad to see. Actually, it's been quite sad to watch him because it is clearly affecting him. And you've got all this nonsense about, oh, is he doing it to try and engineer a move? He does not. His heart's not in it. His heart's not in it anymore. Oh, is he? Is he? Is he? I just think that's a a mad thing to say because he's making mistakes in goal. What is he doing it on purpose? That's that's the thing with goalkeepers, isn't it? It's it's an easy thing to do, but if you make an error as a goalkeeper, it's a goal. And he's made some. Some of the errors that he has made have been pretty bad. It's just, I, I, you know, without. You know, reading too much into it, I think it's just a it's just a poor run of form. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it was going to happen. Even the best goalkeepers in the world get it. Manuel Neuer has been through it. Ter Stegen has been through it many times at Barcelona. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Maybe at some he's point. literally just like I am sick of trying so yeah, hard while you lot in front of me don't. So go on, you lot try yeah. for once. <laughs> it's the, the, well, the thing is, it's given he it has given a true representation of where United are at. Mm. because he has saved us so many times. Like that Tottenham game, for example, that was such a big win in the Solskjaer era, but they absolutely battered us. And De Gea made 12 saves in that game. Like, if he doesn't if he doesn't make two of those, we lose that game and everyone's mm. like, oh, Solskjaer's not what it It's just, he has given a, a misrepresentation of where United yeah. are at as a club. And now it's just like, oh, he's actually making mistakes. Oh, God, we really are quite bad, aren't we? Is this a press thing or is this a serious thing? Fans have been calling for him to be dropped. No, no, no. Fans want him dropped. Fans Stop want it. him dropped before the last game against Chelsea. Shut up. I, I do the um, full-time Devils takeover here yeah. as well, which is a fully Manchester United show. And last night we genuinely had someone call up and say, get him out of the club. Now, I know that there's... <laughs> There's not, no, many, there's, there's not many. Was it Liverpool there's, fans? There's not many <laughs> Manchester United fans saying that, but there are some people saying that he should be dropped, and there are some people making mad shouts like his heart's not in it. Yeah. I don't believe because the man gave up three Champions League titles yeah. to stay at Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if you if you David De Gea and the, 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 the state that United have been in for a while, would you not have gone back to Spain and, start, and won some more trophies? I don't know. I mean, Why you can't. You can't I well, know, well, you can't question his loyalty. I mean, it's it's another thing about um, about Pogba that we, we were, I was having a conversation in our office the other day. Is that if you're Paul Pogba and you're looking at the United squad and you think this needs a lot of work, we haven't got anyone upstairs. They're talking about Rio Ferdinand being sporting director. <laughs> for don't worry, we're gonna get. Yeah, we'll get. That. We'll, we'll get. We'll get to that. I'll have a proper rant about that in a bit. And. <laughs> and you, you, you look at the players that are around you and you look at how good Liverpool and City are and you think, I'm not going to win anything here for a long time. I'm in my prime. Why Why would I stick around? And surely De Gea has had those thoughts on several occasions over the last years when, 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 when David Moyes is coming in with his flip charts and how to, how to take corners. And you're thinking, hold on a sec. Like this isn't what I signed. This isn't what I signed up for. Why? Why should I? Why should I stick around? And and, and to for anyone to question David De Gea, like whether he wants to beat United when he stayed that, that long, when he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the world, you, it, it is. What do you think he's thinking? Then he's like, are you imagine if he'd heard that show last night. Like I'm sure that he does I'm listen sure he to does. the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. and this yeah, radio he does every week. He told me actually, yeah, yeah. Um, he'd probably be like, seriously, in Spanish, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have stuck around here and I have been mm. your player of the season three times and I've had three bad games and you're calling mm. for me to leave. Like yeah, seriously. 
I mean, no. yeah, I, I think that maybe De Gea himself <laughs> would be saying that he's not had some great form. And I don't, I honestly don't think he'd be adverse to being dropped. Gary Neville was it who came out and said that if we were to drop De Gea, then that'll be the last. We'd, we'd never see him in a United shirt again. Oh, I mean, it's so uh, dramatic, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, the thing is, when I first saw the should he be dropped thing, I thought this is a bit sensational. But oh. it does make sense. The kind of mm. taking him out of the firing Take line the or firing get, line, his, get his head it's right. Is, yeah, yeah, like if it if it is genuinely for his own benefit, then, I mean, that does make sense. But yeah, the idea that... The idea that United fans would, should... Well, suggest he should leave is mad. Just because... Mm. Like, yeah. Have you... Uh, how much you've you've said it already with like rejecting moves and staying at United for whatever reason and all those saves and how much you know United haven't finished in the Champions League every year but they've finished as close to it as they have because De Gea's been there yeah. and then after a few bad games people are mm. turning on him already I think it's, it's absolutely incredible Is it just because of his position that obviously if you make a couple of, if you make a, a mistake as, as as a keeper it leads to a goal whereas it, it, in the season has anyone been calling for Pogba to be dropped. Oh, plenty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. Week, week <laughs> and worse. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. worse, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, worse. Um, I, I reckon it's all being overblown, maybe, ever so slightly with David De Gea, because he has gone through patches of bad form before at Manchester United. Of course, people will go back to when he actually first arrived. Of course, back then, the rest of the team was actually half-decent yeah. in front of him. So, do you think that maybe people are overblowing it now, then? Yeah, and you've got to you've got to bear, you've got to take into account that he's tested more than other other high profile profile goalkeepers are. Allison and Allison and Edison have got the defensive record they have this season because they've got a brilliant defence in front of them, a brilliant defensive unit, especially in in City sense. But and United have just well, well, we don't even know. I mean, we don't even know now who are remotely who United's strongest defence is even now. Um, there's, there's, I've always said about United's defence, there's just loads of six and a half out of tens. In, in terms of the standard of centre-half at United. Um, and there's just more shots coming in and he makes more mistakes. He's at a more high-profile club than other goalkeepers and you remember them because it's David De Gea and he's, like 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 City have done, they've set the bar so high that if anything goes wrong then you, you, it's overly scrutinised. With De Gea, he's set the goalkeeping bar so high that he, every single decision... Like, they're not catastrophic. He's not drop, dropped anything mm. in the net from a corner. He's not saved shots that perhaps he should have done. Like you talk about that first goal in the derby, people are saying that's an error leading to a goal. I mean, it's not. He probably should have saved it. Normal David De Gea would have mm. saved that. But that's not an error leading to goal. The second one, yes. But again, it's not something that he's let through. He's not done a Taibi. He's not going right through his body. Or he's not dropped a corner in the net. Mm. It's just shots that he should have saved. The the amount of goals you guys have conceded is alarming, though, yes. isn't it? Like, like Liverpool have conceded 20, we've conceded 22. You guys have conceded 51 goals this It's the most season. since the late 70s, oh. yeah. yeah. I mean, that's alarming. That's more than Everton, more than Wolves, more yes, than Leicester, yes, yes, more yes, than Palace, yeah. more yeah, than Brighton. To be fair, though, a lot, a lot of that, I think, is to do with our defence more than David De Gea himself, personally. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to United. <laughs> yeah. Quick change, guys. Quick change. Quick change. I don't, I don't want to keep talking about how crap we are, but I suppose yeah. we've got to. Uh, on to United's director of football search. Uh, if reported to be believed, then Rio Ferdinand is well in contention. What does... Right. I feel like I feel like as soon as I heard Rio Ferdinand's name, I thought, do I not understand what a director of football does? So, for you... <laughs> 
Right, for the for the professionals in the room, could you give us a quick overview of what a director of football does? Gaz is laughing. I think he's had the same thoughts. As I me. was about to ask the same <laughs> question, and that saved me with that one. Yeah. To, to be honest, Educate me. It, it depends on the club. Yeah. It depends on the club because it's not an all. In, it's not like it's not a dead set job specification. But in in this sense, with United, it's a go between between Ed Woodward and the chief exec side of things and the manager, and who will look after recruitment. That's their that's their job. But you can there's also you can look after the academy side of things. But with United in particular, they need someone that they can look after transfers and not waste money on the Alexis Sanchez's of this world and leave Solskjaer to coach and his team to coach the coach ah, the club. Okay. So they will look after the recruitment and they will go after the players. Certain sporting directors, directors of football, I mean you can call it different things. Certain ones will identify the players and then give them to the manager and he has final say whereas others would sign the players and say here's the guys you're getting in oh you'd have a say in it you'd have a discussion but the final say would be the point and you don't have that at the minute you just have there's no one that's been been the problem that's why the squad's in such a mess isn't it because they've just been either woodward buying them or just different managers are recommended and there's just this mess of players there isn't a hierarchy there is no structure whatsoever at united like city you've got the sorianos the bigger steens the and and um, United have got Ed Woodward, who I'm always backing Ed Woodward, but I, should, I, just, I need to s- slow down on that side of things. But he's great at what he does. He's great at making the money, um, but there is literally no one else in there to do do the buying. And you've got, you remember United with bu- buying Ander Herrera, and you've got these men with suitcases. Yeah. The imposters. Oh, right, yeah, running around. I mean, it's just, it's just been embarrassment after embarrassment. And you think, what United need to do is they need to step back I think let's make a decision for the long-term future of the club and let's get this one right. And what United have done is what they have done for, since since Fergie is they've gone for a short-term option. Like, who's around? Who's in the room? Oh, Rio, Rio, you're you're available, aren't you? Like you, you've sold a few caps. Like you know, you you you, you come in. I mean, it's just you know, it's like who's around? Like Gary Pallister will be chief scout. It's just there's just no, there's, there isn't. There is no. There is no. A plan. There is no. Uh, like, there is no foresight. There is no. Who's got the right skills for this job? It's just who's around. Poor Gaster. He's laughed there. Like it was so. It was like. Oh, yeah. it's funny, but it's true and it's painful. What makes, it, what makes it so much worse for United fans to see is is how well City are doing it. Mm. Like if if there wasn't your neighbours across town who've got everything right for the last five years from the top down in terms of the academy st- structure they've got in place, the facilities, the stadium, the manager. I mean, Guardiola didn't. It wasn't just Guardiola who came in. It was Guardiola, Soriano, and, and Bergerstein. Mm, exactly. Like United would never even consider that. Like you would never think that United would go. Let's get the the guys above the manager and the manager at the same time and then it might work United don't do that they go oh who's, a, you know, who's available right now who can go a why fix? why aren't they doing it because United have missed an era because Fergie was so good for so long that they never had to replace anyone and it was just it was too easy like for for I'm not going to give my I'm not going to say my age on air but people of my because your stage uh, age then yeah well, yeah, well of my <laughs> twenty five to thirty we'll say we've got to be very very vague uh, I'm not saying which end he's of in that his twenties yeah in twenty nine yeah thanks <laughs> uh, we'll go with that uh, people of that age range have only known Fergie and people at the club have only known Fergie mm. who controlled everything Fergie wasn't a manager he was a sporting director and a manager because he did everything and he was good at everything and he adapted he moved with the times. Like he, and he got different coaching staff in. He got Carlos Quiroz in for a bit. He got Steve McLaren in for a bit. He got different ideas to come in. But now, you leave that, you're not taking away one man, you're taking a whole structure within one man. 
of the club. So now they've got to replace, not him, they've got to replace the manager and they've got to replace the sporting director and they haven't done it. And and when they tried to, they're a really awful job of doing it. I think Lou Macari should be director of football. <laughs> he's got the chippy. He's, he's got a good businessman, yeah, yeah. you say. Terrible chippy. Yeah, that's well. been there years. Yeah, you think it'd be he's the test of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> and so Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, well, it's better than the five caps. That's what I was going to say. Well, if the if the idea with the director of football at United is specifically to help out with transfers, then then mm. what I don't understand is what does someone like Rio Ferdinand know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't? Well, the, the reasoning behind getting Ferdinand in, supposedly, I mean, the, the, I'm trying to think of the positives of getting him in, that he has developed this commercial side of things, and he know, and he's built relationships, business relationships, okay. and that's part, and that's part of what that job is. That is the reasoning behind it, but he has no experience of doing the footballing side of things, of doing the transfer side of things. But there are many people who are out there who are qualified to do it. Um, Edwin van der Sar is the obvious one, um, mm-hmm. being a former player and doing what he's done at Ajax. Um, but there's there's people out there with the qualifications, like Mark Webber, for example, at Norwich. Like he he went into Huddersfield, he turned them around and made them got them up to the Premier League. Without him, it wouldn't have happened. Um, same with Norwich, like. It might seem like a, a you know it's a big step up to United, but it's not. It's the skill set that you need in the role, and he has done it. He's developed these relationships, and he knows. More importantly, he knows how to develop these footballing relationships. And you just can't imagine Rio Ferdinand doing it. No disrespect to Rio Ferdinand, you just mm-hmm. can't. You've just got to have a certain skill set, and and it's just because he's a quite he's a good former player, and that's it's like a United thing that they've done. Just because he was quite good as a player doesn't mean that he's going to be good in this particular. It's role. the same approach to transfers. It's just a big name. Yeah. Yeah, is is the is the problem here then, Edward Wood? Yeah, in yeah. in in the sense that he's doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing. Mm. Because if he was just doing commercial deals and and setting up United financially, then great. You know, if yeah. he was left to do what Ferran Soriano is doing at City, yeah, and looking after the money, then great. But they've got Ferran Soriano trying to buy players and yeah, and uh, every, everything else. Basically, it is it is everything else, and it. It's just, it's just really disjointed. There's not much of a structure. Yeah, well, the problem is, is, is that he's got the power and he doesn't want to relinquish it. If you're, in, if you're mm. in charge, if you're in charge of one of the biggest, I would say the biggest, but one of those, you know, because the city, you know, city fans here, I'll say one of the biggest clubs in the world, then you're not going to want to relinqu- relinquish the power if you've been allowed to go and do what you want. You go, if you've been allowed to run riot by mm. the by the owners, and that's what Woodward's doing. He should be there to do his job, what he's doing, make money, and he's done a really, really good job of marketing United. But he shouldn't be there to do the other side. But if no one's questioning why he's doing it, why would you? Why would so you then it's the problem, that? the Glazers. Yeah, well, yeah. So do the Glazers need to get him in check you, or replace him with someone that's got a vision for the club? Yeah, you need, you just need, you just need other people. They're not bothered. <laughs> they're not bothered. They're not bothered. They don't care, honestly. The, I mean... He's doing his side of the things. He's doing the yeah. business side of things really well. And we're, and despite results on the pitch not being particularly great, we're still making ridiculous amounts of money. Have you seen a new report that's come out today? No. Yes. Manchester City have overtaken Manchester United as the most valuable Premier League club according to a new football finance study. Valuable in what's in what's yeah. so City are valued at two point three six four billion, up three hundred and eighty five million, while United are valued at two point zero eight seven billion, a drop of three hundred and seventy six million, which is being blamed on higher wages and lower profits. Surely United are still more. United are still making. I think. I think. It, I think it's more the wage value yeah. of. Do you reckon it's value of 
what it's, the players you've got, the stuff you've got, the yeah. assets. Well, it takes into consideration debt, which is your problem. Oh, uh, oh, right, you oh right, well, there you go. Yeah. Watford of, are rich in annals. End, end of discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, true. Let's get some reaction from the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer quotes today then from the presser. Um, he says a lack of Champions League football won't deter the best players from joining because of the <laughs> potential <laughs> that Manchester United have. Uh, Sam, can you explain to me what potential he's on about? <laughs> I'm a United oh, fan. I'm a United fan. Mm. Well, you've got to be honest. You've got to say what you see. And again, same, uh, same as you guys. The potential to earn a lot of money... <laughs> and not, and not. Well, the thing is, this is the thing. If Solskjaer's saying, you know, it won't deter the top players, mm. that's not a great message. And it goes back to what Woodward said, that famous line from that conference call last yeah. year, when he was like, "On on pitch performance doesn't affect like the the profitability or marketability of the club," which everyone goes back to. Which nobody's ever said. Well, that is wrong no. because if you're not, I'd end up tenth next year and fifteenth the year before, the year after. Yeah. Not you're not going to have the same sponsors. It's going to be completely different. Mm. But if that's the attitude then that can, you know, filter down to the, the players you're getting in. But yeah, the potential, I mean, obviously the potential is there, isn't it? Because if you, the thing is, it looks like it might already, it looks like it might have to be another manager. The, you know, it's the potential of really? if you get another manager. Well, look, maybe Solskjaer can can do a good job with, with you know, better players. And it's 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 fair enough to give him that opportunity. Who but, wants to come and play for Solskjaer? But it is, but it is a, yeah, it is a question, isn't it? Because... If if you look at all the others, obviously City and Liverpool, because we have we've mentioned City structure, but Liverpool have got a good one as well behind the scenes. Yeah, um, Chelsea, I mean they're a a bit of a weird one, but in terms of football, at least if you're a Sarri kind of player, you know the kind of system you're going to be getting into. You know what they want to do. Um, Spurs, obviously as well, especially with that new stadium, they've got things going for them. Um, you know, all history aside, I think. Spurs have probably got more going for them at the moment than United have with the manager and the stadium and yeah. the Champions League prospects and that kind of thing. And that's quite damning, isn't it? So, yeah, people are always going to want to sign for United, but look, it's going to, it's going to be kind of cast-offs again, isn't it? You know, like yeah. Di Maria. I think Di Maria would have worked if Van Gaal wasn't there, but it was a bad fit. And if you're buying players that are being let go by Real Madrid and Barcelona, it's generally not a good sign. I have a feeling and I don't think the United scouting is good enough to go and get a player. You know, like when Kante was signed by Leicester. Yeah. I don't think that kind of oh, no thing's way. in place either. And you know what the frustrating thing is? That's what United used to do. Yeah. That's what yeah. United, United had signed players that United fans hadn't heard of, and then they'd yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, when so, Hernandez so, turned so, up so, out of nowhere. Solskjaer yeah. himself, for example. Mm. Yeah, and Vid, uh, Vidic is the one I think of as yeah. well. It's like I don't I didn't know who he was. Because again, him, really. there isn't there isn't a, there isn't a, it goes back to the structure again. There a structure. I mean, if the scouts can spot them, who are they telling? Who are they coming in? Who are they passing that message on to? Are you guys kind of resigned to the fact now that you're not going to finish in the top four? Or do you still think there's a chance? I still think there's a chance, to be fair. Because, and I've said this all along, and look, United's results have been worse than I expected, but it's not like United are going up against City and Liverpool who are winning every week. Yeah. Arsenal are even yeah, worse, yeah. results-wise. Yeah. Ch- Chelsea have got Watford at home. And you, like, if you look at that like on an accumulator, you think, oh, I'll tick the box for Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea could lose that. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've turned it around a bit, but, you know, the form after yeah. Europa League games, yeah. Watford are a good side. They'll want to... Huddersfield's a gimme for United. Well, yeah, exactly. People were saying today, other journalists were saying today, oh, I don't think United will get six points from those last two games. And look, Cardiff, we'll see Who's about Huddersfield... Oh, terrible Cardiff uh, at home, Cardiff at home. Oh. so it honestly couldn't be easier for United Huddersfield yeah. away on Sunday who um, are already relegated been relegated for quite a while and they are dreadful yeah. they are awful yeah. we'll be previewing the weekend's fixtures uh, in a sec but before we go to a break uh, just want to ask you this do you think missing out on Champions League football 
could be the push that the United board need almost to spend the money because last time this happened, they went out and signed Pogba and I know they brought Ibrahimovic in on a free but still a, a big player. I feel like actually missing out on Champions League could actually force the Glazers to pull the checkbook out. I, I don't actually think that United have not spent money at any point. I don't feel like United have had, uh, uh, in the last few years, the, uh, the early years, the, the late Ferguson years under the Glazers didn't spend hardly anything. Wayne Rooney had to play in midfield for a while. Still in the league though, with Anderson and Cleverly in midfield, that's, that's the Fergie thing. But... In recent years, Above Pogba, I think, but yeah, God, yeah. Um, but with, I don't think that United have actually like held back really in the transfer market in recent years. Um, and uh, no Champions League, fo- no Champions League football is is going to be a massive for United. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that spending loads of money is is the solution because you you spent that money on Sanchez and look what happened. I mean, you can overspend on players, you can overspend on the on the wrong players. I think United have to really take a step back and take a long term view. You and I both know they won't, but that's no. what, that's that's what that's what they need to do. They are the most reactionary football club <laughs> in <Yeah>. the world. <laughs> I, for you though, I don't know what play, what play would you want to sign that would want to come to you to not play Champions League football? Does that make sense? Like, what mm. do you? Is there any players that don't want to play Champions League or don't think they are at the standard of Champions League football that you would want to sign? Yeah, well, exactly. you'd, uh, you'd have to, you'd have to go for those younger players, the the, the Joao Felixes at, at Benfica, for example. Mm. Some players like that, you'd have to pay a fair bit money for because they're good and because they're young. But they're not going to be in any rush, as in. And like, United is still a big club, still, obviously. Still where, club. Whereas if you, yeah, if it's like Varane, yeah, yeah. if Varane were to leave, he would have the pick of a lot of top clubs. Yeah. And does he want to wait three, you know, a minimum of two years to have a chance of winning the Champions League again? Because he's not going to be in it next yeah. season. Okay, on the way on the XS Manchester Football Social, we're going to be previewing the weekend fixtures. Let's, I keep reminding everyone, and I know City fans probably hate me reminding you, but uh, you could be champions on Monday night. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about celebrating versus your old team. We, of course, saw Suarez do it uh, to the dismay of Liverpool fans online. We've all enjoyed the responses to that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, whether we think it's on or not, next on the XS Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Let's do it. Excess Manchester football social. My name's Gaz. Over there's Nat. Over there's Pete. And over there's Sam. Uh, right, let's get into the weekend fixtures then, guys. United coming up against Huddersfield. Uh, they're already relegated. They've been down for quite a while now. I actually forgot they'd been relegated because of how long ago they got relegated. <laughs> Genuinely. Oh Surely this is finally a chance for United to uh, get back to not just winning ways, but to actually absolutely steamroll the team. Yeah, and they can express themselves a bit. I mean, as as Sam said earlier, they, they, Huddersfield are truly awful. I've had I've had the displeasure <laughs> of covering Huddersfield a fair few times, unfortunately, this season, and yeah, just completely and utterly out the depth. They they didn't they didn't spend any money in the summer on an already poor squad, so they they they've yeah they've really struggled. And and they, yeah, this is this is one of those that United can they can they can they can play okay and win and win three nil. Um, you know, David De Gea can still make a mistake and and and, and win three one. It's 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 one of those games we we need United need at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, it does actually keep you in that top four race. 
trying to see um, youngsters playing this one, Pete. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Mason Green was the one that everyone wants to see, isn't he? But mm. he, he's apparently injured. Whether he's on the injured on the injured list with Romero, I, I, I just had a feeling hearing that Romero was injured was too convenient. Yeah, it was just perfect for Ollie just to play De Gea no matter what. Yeah, um, yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, and he's actually I, I'm a big fan of Romero actually. I like yeah. it. he's um, he's played well and he whenever he's come in and. Yeah, and he's and he's he's never moaned once. I mean, it would be something to do with the fact that he's getting a very good wage to sit on the bench. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of his. Um, yeah, Green would be the one. You can, Chong can come in maybe. Um, not not yet. You wouldn't want to blood too many youngsters yet because there is actually still something to play for. But you could blood one or two against against Huddersfield because they they really are that bad. Damning about Huddersfield. Oh dear, yeah. Sorry, Huddersfield. Fans. Well, I mean, last week we did the show here and they were playing Liverpool and we finished the show at 8 o'clock. Yeah. I opened that door, <laughs> yeah. went outside and Adam Keyworth went, Liverpool are winning. <laughs> 15 seconds yeah. after the show finished. Yeah, yeah, so I can see why uh, Yeah, I can see why City fans wouldn't have much faith in them even mm. then. Uh, talking about City then, uh, Monday night, as we keep saying, the game against Leicester potentially could be Premier League champions, or even if Liverpool were to get the win, if City were to get the win as well, then fully uh, in the driving seat. And that, what do they need to do to get over the line now? Oh, stay calm. Leicester's a tough game. Leicester are <laughs> stay calm, breathe, and just play the football that we've played for the majority of the season. You know, just don't panic. Um, you know, like j- j- just just go out there and just do what we've been doing. You know, let's not you know change our game just because you know it's you know two two games to go. And we know we just need to go out there and play the football that we've been playing all season, and we'll be fine. You know, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to sound arrogant. I'm just sort of trying to stay as calm as possible. But but. You know, we play the way that we know we can and we're going to win. I mean, oh, wow. I, mean I mean, it will really... I wish you could see my face right now. I'm like, oh. it will. It will obviously need a win to win to uh, actually win the title. But um, Liverpool, full potential to drop points against Newcastle. I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone does, don't they? But, yeah. I mean, t- to be fair, Liverpool haven't got to this position by l- dropping points in games when everyone thinks they're going to drop points. Yeah, good point. yeah. And City and Liverpool fans have been looking at each other's fixtures for like two months now. And, I mean, the last time... Liverpool did was that Everton game and since then they've won everything so I, I mean I completely understand why people think they're going to drop points and I you know I probably go oh they, they could do Newcastle difficult place to go the 7.45 kickoff weirdly and stupidly makes me think oh there's even more potential there if it was 3 o'clock on a Saturday you'd think oh they'll win that but just because it's a night game I don't know it's just it's just one of those things it's just one of those intangible things as football fans I was sat next to a senior reporter in a newspaper the other day before the Burnley game and he was like nah it's an it's a nice day, it's it's on telly in the mid afternoon on a Sunday. You know, the ingredients aren't there to lose, and I was like, that really isn't yeah, and shouldn't be how football is how football matches are decided. But is it in Newcastle, the game. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, I mean, it, Saturday night up, it's cold up there. I've sat in that Newcastle <laughs> yeah, away yeah. stand yes. before. You are in so January, far yeah, in the sky, yeah, yeah, right. like you are so high up. You got to take your glasses, like in, in I, that stadium. I was knackered when I got up to the stands. Yeah. Right, stadium, no lift or anything, is there? No. <laughs> so yeah, the fans will be cold up there on a Saturday night. Do but you know yeah, what? I Barca think game as well. Sorry. No, on, yeah, no, no. On. I was just saying, I think there's every chance, but I'm not intending to change my Twitter picture to Rafa Benitez or anything like that. That's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is that what you were all going to do now? God, no. We mocked them so badly yeah. for that. Paul Dummett as your, as your profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see, I can see why people are, are thinking that because, yeah, after, and if Dembele had scored that goal at the end to make it 4 0, yeah. you think they might just been off the Champions League because they're not going to, they're not going to, 
yeah. beat Barca 5 0 at home. No. It's no. not going to happen. No, no, no. So they would probably put more effort. But I think while it's 3 0. Still They've the still got one eye on on the return game, and mm. it might make things a bit more complicated for them at Newcastle. I mean, I do expect them to win because they've not got they've not got here for nothing. Yeah, I can't. I just can't see it. City. See, I've never seen anything as relentless as Liverpool and, and and City this season. Like it's just it's just mad to see like how you can at this stage of the season when nerves are supposed to set in, how you can still look so comfortable in victories. I just It goes against everything, doesn't it, that yeah. we thought about title races and teams being nervous yeah. and Absolutely. who plays first, who plays second, what the pressure, yeah. it's just been completely wiped out. Yeah, I mean, like, so you're going into the final day, I remember as a kid, as a United fan, as a kid, I went to the Riverside when we had to win at Middlesbrough. And you were like really nervous, and they were like, you know, they're like they've got half decent players. And you know, we we won the game, but if that was now, like there wouldn't for me anyway, from from a non fan point of view, I would look at that and think there is no danger of of if City or this City or this Liverpool team went to a, a team like that Middlesbrough team were that day, there would be no danger of them not winning the game. Whereas back then, I was like, oh, I'm not really sure if anything's going to happen here. So something well, that's like, completely normal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I went to the, the Wigan game in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2008. Is that the gig's penalty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. I, but I was in the Wigan end. And whenever people say, oh, I'm going to be in the home, you know, they're in a way fun, I'm going to be yeah. in the home end. Don't. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Po- it's absolutely pointless. And my example of that is Wigan, because yeah. I was in the opposite end to where the United fans were. Obviously, Ronaldo scored the penalty, couldn't celebrate. Anyone who did celebrate got chucked out. And then all the, mm-hmm. obviously United won the title. All the celebrations were down the other end anyway. Yeah. And I was yeah. just so nervous going to that game, and you can't do anything with it. At least if you're at home or watching at the pub, you can go mad. Mm. Awful. Mm-hmm. Don't bother. Were you dad- with anyone? No. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in the um, in the home end for the City game against Blackburn when we caught, when we got from the Championship into the Premier League, mm. but. The in, I think the entire ground was just City fans because they, oh, really? if we won that game we were getting promoted and I think all Blackburn fans that had season tickets and everything had just sold them to City fans was and the whole f- stadium was, was City. Was that the fabled away day where you took half a million? No, that was that Blackburn on the hill. Was that the one? Was that on the hill? <laughs> no, that is one. No, that's, there is that one. Four, was it four? That was yeah, four, it, one, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that is. It's, yeah, it's in, that it's is the United the one. Yeah. Was, and the, it's a quarter of a million. The hill there that overlooks yeah. Seaward. Yes, that is the one. I yeah, was I was there. Two billion City fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, and there's also the, the famous York away, where every City fan was. Forty thousand City fans went to York away in Division Two. I did actually go, by the way. Yeah. For the end of the football social now, then for the last ten minutes. Let's talk about something Reds and Blues can unite on. Uh, the Liverpool social media meltdown after that Barcelona result. Petitions are out again. Uh, Suarez should be banned from football indefinitely, apparently. And uh, it got me thinking about the whole celebrating against your old club thing, as Suarez did. Guys, where do you stand on this? Because Suarez really did go for it. And as a United fan, I loved watching it. To me, cele- celebrate away. I mean, even yeah. if you're... Even if yeah. you were, if you even if you were born in the alleyway at the back of the stadium and you, you're doing it against that team, celebrate away. Score, especially if it's a, a, a meaningful goal. I remember, as I was there as a fan, as Danny Danny Welbeck scored for Arsenal, uh, Old Trafford in the FA Cup. Yeah, in the FA Cup, and he cel- and he celebrated, and he'd been out for in, he'd been out injured for ages, and I think it was his only second goal, I think, for for Arsenal, and he'd had so many injury setbacks, and it was the winning goal in the FA Cup. And it and he was just so relieved after all those injury mm-hmm. setbacks, and he celebrated a bit, and everyone around me was going mad, like, "Yeah, you, know, you can't be doing this." And it's like he's not disrespecting the club; he's not like spitting on the badge or anything like that. Mm. Like he's just so like overwhelmed by the fact that he's after all after six months of of horrible injury layoff, 
he scored. And just if you any any form of passion killing in football just just really annoys me. Like if you you get these players that have been on loan at clubs for 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 four games when they were seventeen and they come back at thirty two and score the winner and they're like you know. <laughs> They walk it, walk it, walk it <laughs> both hands up, and I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" I mean, yeah. it's, it's gone too far for I'm me. Celebrate away. If I was, if I was playing for City at United and I scored the winner in the last minute, I'd celebrate. I'd I have my shirt off. I have a feeling that the City fans in the studio, though, the, the, I think that Nat, you'll um, you'll tell them there is a line, isn't there? Remember Adebayor. <laughs> Adi Bayo oh, yeah. were playing against Arsenal when he yeah. ran down and skidded on his knees. We loved it. it well, brilliant. that's what I was going to say. Awesome, like, if, yeah, if, we loved really? it. If you don't chuck in like the extra relish, like you really enjoyed it, then that's fine. If you just yeah. celebrate a goal normally, rather than like yeah. a bit of passive aggression in there, yeah. then it's fine. But yeah, that Adi Bayo one. <laughs> Love a bit it's, of passive aggression. It's, it's the classic of the genre, <laughs> isn't it? It's the it's the best one. The surely best thing there's ever been. Adibayo one was that panning to the Arsenal fans. <laughs> they were for you, oh, man. Picking up anything they could get. Yeah, throwing their own children at him, weren't they? For, for me though, I, that my the one that I think um, about is Paul Dickoff, who's obviously um, an absolute and utter City cult hero. Scored arguably the most important, if not the second most important, goal in the club's history. Um, real club legend. You know, I have him at City Square a lot. Genuinely nice guy, and he uh, celebrated against us when he played. I think for Leicester, and I don't think one City fan cared. Nobody, nobody, because he'd done so much for the club. He'd moved on to another point in his career. And he celebrated scoring a goal, and I've ne- I've not got a problem with it. I mean, and and, and in, in going back to the question, Suarez, why on earth would Suarez not celebrate? Yeah, yeah. Like how? But, but that's what that's. I mean, I won't go too deep into, into Liverpool fans here, but how could you? How could you not realise that that would be the case? But that is what that Liverpool fans do. It's it's just that that mob mentality that Liverpool mm. fans have. I, I like anything that, against the. You know, I can't speak for every Liverpool fan here, but from what I've seen online, the general consensus is that we supported you so much when the whole country was against you when you were playing here. You know, we've we've done more than just be a, foot, a football club that you played for. So what, do they not want him to play well? Like, do they want him to go, oh, I can't play, possibly think, play in this I, game because I used to play for them and I they were so they, nice to me? They just wanted what Ronaldo did, I think, against United, where he just held his yeah, hands up. Well, that was only the first time he scored against them. Yeah, but and the difference with the Ronaldo thing is that Ronaldo holds sort of Fergie and the United, and United in his early days as that that's what made him. And that's that's why he holds that. I mean, Suarez, Liverpool, he was, you know, he developed a hell of a lot at Liverpool, but he didn't become the player he was at Liverpool. You know, he was already a fantastic player before he was signed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think I'm in agreement with you guys in celebrating away. Like, I, I think it's fine as long as, like you say, Sam, it's a normal celebration, not going a little bit. Well, I mean, if if, if you had a reason to not like them, yeah. like had a buy all, yeah, then crack on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but if if you just yeah, yeah, just if you're just celebrating a normal goal, like you're going about doing your job, then yeah. I don't think anyone well, the, could have an issue with that. There are some players who are uh, players who were legends at United and aren't really considered so anymore by certain pockets of supporters because of how they celebrated against us. Peter Schmeichel jumps to mind for one and yeah. um, a lot of people just accept that he's a club legend but there's still a lot of match going United fans who really hold it in for him after he cartwheeled against us playing for City <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> it was just not playing for City though was that just not it was just playing it's just, I, I understand when, when when and it is like you know like some fans if it is a local lad but I mean it's it's, it's, it's a it, it's a Dane. It's a Danish man who came to United, did really well. And like, he's got no particular affiliation with the club initially, before he'd come. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's silly. But I think it was the going to City thing in the first place that riled a lot of United fans. Yeah, definitely. Oh, while we've quickly got time, Go on now. Um, can we give a shout-out to the Man City women's team who are in the mm-hmm. final of oh. the Women's mm. FA Cup, which is tomorrow. And also, just a shout-out in general at the excitement that it's on BBC One and it, yeah. they're playing it at Wembley. It's going to be a big attendance, isn't it? Yeah, about yeah. 50,000, they're saying. And that's, that's after the FA refused to move the West Ham game to City yeah, West Ham. Wow. And yeah. West Ham play at home in the men's league at three yeah. o'clock and the FA refused to move it. Of course they didn't. Everyone's that- expecting City to win that, aren't they? Because they beat West Ham 7-1 in one of the league yeah. games. Yeah. But it's a bit like when City beat Chelsea 6-0 and had to play Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final. And Guardiola was saying oh, about how much, you know, they obviously hadn't beaten them so much because they'll be determined to yeah. put a yeah. bit of a comeback on. But it could be a cup double for City this year. They yeah, finished yeah, second in both. the league and then yeah. they could win both both domestic cups. Well, hopefully that's not the way it is. Hopefully not on Omen. For the men, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, it, with similar situations, I think both the women and the men are favourites in the cup final. Um, but I think due to what happened to City when we played Wigan in the cup final a few years ago, which I always mention on this show with a grimace on my face, <laughs> we don't take cup finals for granted. Um, and although they've had great results against West Ham this season, a 7-1 at home, and I think it was 3-4 or 3-1 maybe at West Ham, bit of a tighter game. Mm. Um, that you know they're certainly not going they're going down there as favourites but not not with an arrogance Nat, Pete, Sam it's been a pleasure having you on the Excess Manchester Football Social Friday Club my name's been Gaz Drinkwater Manchester Football Social